0: Action Church, we doing well? It's okay, 17 people here. Come on, South Orlando and Sanford. Somebody just shouted in their living right now. We wish you were here. It's a little weird, you're by yourself, but thank you so much for your applause and participation. Hey, a couple of things uh, before we get into uh, a brand new uh, three-week series that we're calling Near Me. The first thing is we started yesterday, uh, we started our, our annual uh, seven-day church-wide fast. Come on, nobody ever claps for the fast. Like nobody, you never just say, no, I don't need your pity clap. You're just, we're just not eating for a week, and, uh, and so we started yesterday at 9 a.m., uh, with prayer, we have prayer uh, every single day, Monday through Friday this week at 6.30 to 7.30 uh, a.m. here at Winter Park, South Orlando and Sanford. Uh, and then next Saturday, we'll close it out at 9 a.m. And we just love for you to be uh, a part of it. If you call Action Church home, we just think uh, this place has been and will always be built on a foundation of, of prayer. And there's just something powerful uh, about uh, about prayer and fasting. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit uh, more in just a moment. The second thing is Oviedo. Our video location is relaunching in two weeks on the 24th. Come on, somebody. Hey, here's what's crazy: we had over 150 adults today show up uh, for our team day, our practice service, just to serve. And so we had almost 200 people wow. uh, at our Vito location today. So Pastor Trent, Pastor Brian, the whole team there doing a phenomenal job. I also want to uh, to kind of uh, lead us through this next season. We are going from three to four locations again, uh, and still, uh, because of the pandemic, uh, for various reasons, about 35 or 40 percent of our church uh, is still worshiping with us online. And we love you. Uh, we know that uh, that there are things your life that keep you from coming to church, and we, you, are, you are a part of our church. We love you, and we value you, uh, but starting a fourth location in the middle of a pandemic uh, or relaunching is a little difficult, and the, the place that uh, is in the most uh, need, if you will, uh, would be our South Orlando location. I don't know if you know this, uh, South, we love you. Uh, they had four Sundays before the pandemic. We started a business in the middle of a pandemic. How many of you know... Yeah, like it's just, it's uh, four four whole weeks and uh, and Pastor Jake uh, and the team are doing a phenomenal job. Hundreds of people have giving their life to Jesus. Hundreds are attending every week. It's going great. But Oviedo, the team really uh, was relocated, a lot of them, to South. And so as they open back up, we do have some spots where people uh, can be fulfilled by serving on that A team. And so I'm just, as your pastor, asking about 40 or 50 uh, people from Winter Park, Sanford, South Orlando, or maybe you're worshiping online uh, right now, but now's the time to come back for whatever reason, your situation has changed, and we just love to invite you to join the team down there, about 40 or 50 of you, to help us continue to reach the hundreds of people that that God has given us the ability to reach. And so be praying about that over this next week, and you can contact uh, the church office or Pastor Jake if you want to find out more uh, information about that. Near Me, week one, we're talking... We're talking about things that are, are near us. Have you ever been on a, a, an app, uh, specifically like Maps, uh, uh, Google, Apple, Waze, there, you can look up like things that are near you. Come on, restaurants near you. And in fact, right now, when I'm on a fast, that's all I'm doing is just looking at restaurants near me. I don't know about you when you fast, but I think about food. I am planning every meal after this fast right now in Jesus' name. Restaurants near me. Now, the second thing is gas stations near me. Come on, is there a gas near me? Let me pause before we get into the message today. How how many of you are, are gas people where it's at a quarter of a tank and it might as well be empty? You're looking for, like, you are, you are playing, you are freaking out, that thing goes below half and you're like, I gotta find a gas station. You are good stewards, you're probably the people that God loves the most. That's not me, I wanna see how far I can go. You know what I mean? It's not a good, it's not a good use of my gas tank unless I'm yelling at the car in front of me at the red, like, you gotta go, like, I'm gonna run out of gas. You either go or help me push, you know what I mean? like. <laughs> There's things that are are, are near us. And over the next three weeks, I want to talk about some trends or some things that that we should fight for to be near us in this season. And over the next weeks, we're going to talk about hope near us. That's today. Community or relationships near us. That's next week And then last week on our seven-year anniversary, we're going to talk about the needs that are near us, trends near us. Hebrews chapter 11 for our our time together today, verse one in the New King James, it says, now faith, everybody say faith. faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Again, today we're talking about hope near me for the evidence of things that have not yet been seen, and, and my prayer uh, for our time together today, uh, at all of our locations and worshiping online, is that hope is, is trending in your life today. If you're if you're over a certain age in here, you may not understand what I'm talking about when I talk about trends and, and, and online and apps. You're like apps. Is that like? A, is that, do you like 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 a, like a blooming onion app or like a salad? Like no no apps or things on a on a on a smartphone. That yeah, never mind. Just, just trends. Trends can be happening, you can hashtag something, trends can be happening on social media, they can be international, they can be national, they could just be local, and what I wanna ask is, what's trending in your life today? Some some funny things that are trending right now that I don't really understand, Right now, mullets are trending again. Have you noticed that? Like, like how, how did that happen? You know, business up front, party in the back. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it is, I don't know how that came back. Well, actually, I think I do. I think it was uh, the Tiger King. Come on, somebody. You know, Tiger King is, is trending right now. And, and if you watched it, I can't recommend it as a pastor, but if you're over a certain age and you just want to watch something really, really fascinating... Inappropriate but fascinating. I read, a, I saw a funny meme last night. America, I mean, uh, the world is watching America like America watched the Tiger King right now. Like we're just, come on. That, hey, if you don't laugh about it, it just hurts. We're a train wreck, everybody. <laughs> the Tiger King is trending. Another thing on Netflix trending right now, Cobra Kai is trending. Come on, how many? Yes. If you're not cheering, you were not. You did not live through the 80s or 90s because you are reliving Daniel Russo. Daniel Son. I'm like, the only bad thing is Mr. Miyagi's not in there. It's just not quite the same, God rest his soul, but it's trending and it's great. I watch a whole seasons in a night, not episodes, whole seasons in a night because it's, it's, it's phenomenal. What I've noticed recently is that we have no new thoughts in America. We just keep redoing the same thing. Like, <laughs> Weakest Link is coming back out this season. Like It's like we're out of ideas. We're like, let's just go back to everything we used to do. In fact, we're doing that with fashion too. We're, we're going back, some of our, our younger people on our staff uh, wear band t-shirts. I'll, I'll see them like, oh, Leonard Skynyrd or Rolling Stones. What an amazing band. They're like, huh? Oh my, this is just a cool shirt. No, that's a band. They played music, like, like good music, like a long time ago. Like they don't even know, they don't even know what they're wearing. Speaking of, speaking of trends, I, hopefully you've noticed that I'm trending. I moved from skinny jeans to slim fit jeans, and you're welcome. You're welcome. Not saying I won't go back. Not saying I won't go back, but I will never go further than slim fit. That is way, that's my dad's generation. You know what I mean? Like, we got at least 20 more years, and if you have a problem with that, just find a different church. And so... Trends, trends, there's there's memes trending right now. And I'll say this one time, and I'm sorry for offending anybody. Actually, I'm not. I say that, I'm not actually apologetic <laughs> at all. You see the meme this week, when a man loves a woman, little Michael Bolton. When a man loves a woman. You know the Congress thing? Oh, uh, some of y'all are like, I don't know. You should, you're good. It's good that you don't know. It's really good. 9 a.m. loved it. Somebody at South Orlando's laughing really hard right now. A man, a woman. I sang Michael Bolton in church, I just... I worked really hard for that. Nobody gave me anything 1045. I got it. No more, no more fun for you. Fun is canceled for today. Now it's time for the real thing. And hey, there really are, seriously, uh, we love to have fun at Action Church. But there's some really uh, heavy things trending uh, right now in our society. I mean, COVID is real. It's trending. And regardless of where you, you stand on how we should handle it, it, it's affected, at least everybody I know, it's affected somebody. We've had somebody in the hospital. We've lost to loved ones, people fighting right now for their life, it's, it's, it's trending in our nation around the world. The, the, the dissension and the division from the election season is trending. It's probably not going away anytime soon. Stimulus checks are trending. Maybe you got one, maybe you didn't. Maybe you wished it was more, maybe you wish you had more kids so you could get a bigger check. There's, <laughs> stimulus is, is trending. Unemployment is, is trending, unfortunately, and in, in areas of tourism like Orlando, uh, maybe more than anywhere else in the country. You know what's really... Off the charts this year is depression, anxiety, and and suicide. I read a study a couple weeks ago that more people in Japan have died from suicide this year than COVID. There's there's things that are really, really heavy that are trending in our life. I also found that there's one group, there's actually two groups, but I just wanna highlight one today. There's two groups. Gallup just did a poll, secular survey, and only two groups of people's mental health was not trending in an astronomically negative direction. Only two groups stayed steady. One of those groups were people that were involved and consistently engaged in religious activity. So for our time together, it's, it's Christians who stayed involved in church, who kept the main thing the main thing, who had a, a hope whose name is Jesus. And when this, it doesn't. Affect, when you have an eternal perspective, what happens here just doesn't matter as much. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, and it doesn't feel, I'm just saying it's not as heavy when we have something bigger and more important to to live for. And that's why Christians, you got to catch this today, that's why I think Christians in the church are being attacked and divided maybe more than any time in my lifetime. Another thing that's trending right now in, in the world is a cancel culture and it's even creeping into the church. Like it doesn't matter what you say or what you do for 10, 15, 20 years. We could be friends, but if I find out that you voted for somebody different or I find out that you have this opinion, I'm never talking to you again. Like we're just we're just done. And it's crept into the church that people are canceling their relationship with God, they're canceling their their church attendance. And so I want to I want to read you something I I wrote uh yesterday afternoon I was preparing and talking to some pastor friends and just talking about this idea of, of the enemy. You know, we live in a, in a country that's divided right now, but what's sad is we also live in a church that's becoming divided. People are divided over issues and opinions and theology and narratives. We're, like, we're canceling church like we're canceling a subscription to Netflix, wrote this. I'm, I'm canceling church because you don't speak out. These are all emails that we've gotten, by the way. This is, a, this is, this is not like a, this is not speculation. This is, this is just real. I'm canceling church because you don't speak out against racial injustice enough. I'm canceling church because you don't speak up enough about abortion. I'm canceling church because you don't call out BLM for being Marxist or socialist. I'm canceling church because you don't call out Donald Trump supporters for supporting a lying, narcissistic, divisive man. Because you don't tell the truth about the dangers of the liberal agenda and its effects on traditional family values, abortion, religious intolerance, and anti-Israel sentiments. Because you don't condemn white supremacy enough. Because you don't call out looting and rioting. Because you don't stand against those who storm the Capitol. Because you don't teach enough on how we are living in the end times and how it affects us. Canceling church because you don't take COVID seriously enough. Canceling church because you didn't open the church sooner because of COVID. (laughs) Because you opened too soon and endangered thousands of people. Canceling church because you require masks at some services. I'm canceling church because you don't require masks at some services. You're getting the point. I'm canceling church because you talk too much about politics. Because you don't talk enough about politics and American values. See, the enemy, team with social media, quarantine, a pandemic, and confusion, is working overtime to give you and I a case for division. He wants you and me to be fighting each other instead of fighting for the lost and the hurting among us. He wants to embitter you and me against other believers and keep us distracted. 2 Timothy chapter four, for a time is coming. Let me just, let me just take some, some, some pastoral liberty. A time is here when people will no longer listen to sound doctrine and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. It's called your Facebook feed. (laughs) They will reject the truth, catch this, and they will chase after myths. Not here, not at Action Church. We don't chase myths, theories, opinions, and narratives. With eternity in the balance, we don't have time to waste. We don't force people to pick a side, we just pick people. A divided world needs a united church, and if you're no more for what you're against than what you're for, you're fighting for the wrong team. And customer service reps, try and retain your subscription. That is not the point of this moment in our service. I have no interest in convincing anyone to stay. Quite the opposite. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to convict everyone, myself included, that we have a mission that's greater than the myths that we're chasing. And and if you wanna stay on mission, here's here's my call. Like, just stay steady. Stay faithful, stay in prayer, not in opinions. Stay in love with God and intentionally in love with his people, specifically those that don't know him. So how are we gonna do it? I I hate to give speeches or, or, or inspiration without practical. The next two weeks, we have two amazing ways for us as a church, as a family to put this in practice. The first is the fast this week. You cannot... Connect to God when you're distracted with the world. And that's all fasting is. It's not some weird old thing where you just starve yourself. It's simply saying, I'm gonna remove some distractions from my life. I'm gonna disconnect from some things of this world so I can fully connect to God. It could be food. It could be social media. For some of you, it needs to be social media forever. Like you should have your privileges revoked in Jesus' name. (laughs) You know who you are. I'm talking to you. Yep, yep, right there. Yep. You're feeling it. That's you. <laughs> TV, whatever it is, like just just lay down something and say, "I'm gonna lay this down and I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue God." And I, I just believe that we are reminded of how much He loves us and how much we need Him. Yeah. Hope in our life, hope near me is found in your relationship with Jesus. And I'm calling our church to get a little bit closer to him this next week. The second one, practically, the week after, is our reach week, and we do that on purpose. We're gonna seek God, and then we're gonna serve our community, and I just believe that hope is found in Jesus, but hope is shared when we serve others, and I really believe if you'll take the focus off of your problems, and off of the distractions, and off of your opinions, and we'll put it on the mission of seeking God, loving God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength, and then loving others as ourselves. we will come out of the next two weeks not perfect, not, not everything God has for Force, but just a little bit closer to him and a little bit more of our focus off of ourselves and onto our community. And I believe we'll, we'll find some hope. Hope will be trending in your life a little bit more if we'll do these two things. I wanna, go, I wanna go to scripture. I wanna go to scripture and talk about this idea of hope because there's a character in the Old Testament that needed some, some hope. Like right now, there's a lot of hashtags and trends. Like this is the end of the world. Like, like the, the apocalypse is now, like it, it's over. And, and we maybe we are. We're definitely closer to the end times than we were yesterday. Like that's not theological, that's just practical. So we, we definitely, you're not wrong that we're closer, but there's a guy in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter six, that the world was actually ending. Like not like paranoia, not like weird prophet saying something like, no, actually spoke with the Lord and the Lord said, I'm going to kill everybody but you and your family. So Noah really is facing the end of the world as he knows it. And we find him in Hebrews chapter 11. It says this, faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing, if, if you're new to church, you've never heard uh, this story. Just 30 seconds or so of context. Noah uh, is a man in the Old Testament, uh, and we're going to read just a second. His character was a little bit different, and God was just—he was just fed up with with mankind. There was so much sin in the world, uh, and they were men and women were living hundreds and hundreds of years. And honestly, he just got tired of him. You know what I mean? He's like, he, it was time for God to do a little remodel. Like, you know what I mean? He looked around, and he's like, we can't, we can't live like this anymore. And he said, I'm starting over, and who will I start with? Let me find somebody. And I wanna go to Genesis, and I wanna talk about why he picked Noah. Like, like Noah had hope, but what did Noah do to distinguish himself to be picked by God, to survive the worst, to, to be used by God in a tough season? We find it in Genesis chapter six, verse nine. It says, this, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah, was a righteous man. Take note of that, underline it in your Bible, put it in your notes. Noah was a righteous man. He was the only blameless person living on the earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship Let's be clear that you can only be righteous and blameless if you walk in close fellowship with God. Like, we'd have to start at the end of this verse to understand why he was righteous and blameless. It was because he walked in close proximity. He had a deep relationship. He had an authentic, intimate relationship with his heavenly Father. He walked in close fellowship with God. But if we're not careful, we'll miss the, the meaning of these two words, righteous and blameless. We'll just read over that. and A lot of times in Scripture we do that, but I need to be really clear. These are two totally different things. The word righteous here is talking about his relationship with God, that he was righteous. He was in right standing. He was in right relationship with God, which means his relationship, his vertical relationship with God was really, really good. He's in good standing. He was close with God. But that word blameless talks about how other people would have seen him, how his reputation would have been, what his integrity would have been, what his character would have been. And I think we find something here that that all too often we're missing in our own lives. We we do one or the other. And to be used by God, to have hope trending in your life, you have to be righteous and blameless. Not perfect, but what I'm saying is, your relationship with God has to be healthy, but your relationship with God being healthy should produce healthy relationships around you. How many righteous people do we know that have terrible relationships with people? We miss something. You can't spend all this time with God and then come out angry and bitter. Like it's just not. It's not there. But like there's no way I spent time with the, the God who gave everything for me, his one and only son, grace that I didn't deserve that I know all of my sins and my mistakes. I just spend an hour with him and then get out and be ugly to people and judge people and prioritize my opinions and my judgment and my it's just not possible. We missed it somewhere, but Noah gives an example of righteousness and and blameless and if're we're, if we're really Talking about Noah's journey, it was, it was not easy. That's the first thing I'll talk about in, in finding hope near me. Write this down if you're taking notes. It's not easy, but it is worth it. Finding hope is not easy. In this world, it was not easy for Noah. He's been given, hey, I'm gonna destroy the world in 120 years. And just a, a quick teaching. Uh, most people believe that it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. That's not true. Uh, They read Genesis 6, verse 3, where where God talks about 120 years being the limit. He is really forecasting. He's saying, hey, nobody that's alive now, being born now, will live longer than 120 years because he's gonna destroy the earth in the next 120 years. So most people just read over that and think, well, nobody can live over 120. That's not what it's saying. And two, that Noah took him 120 years to build the ark. It's not the case. It actually took Noah somewhere around 50 to 75 years to build the ark. Because when he gets this, this forecast, this prophecy, this word from God, he doesn't have any sons. And we know uh, that his uh, his sons come, and when they come, all three sons were at the age where they could have been married. And so even Ham, his youngest son, would have had to be somewhere between 16 and 20 years old. And so you do all the genealogies through Genesis 6 through 12, and really it would take a Noah 50 to 75 years to to build this boat. Why that's important is I don't know about you, but uh, I haven't been committed to anything for fifty to seventy-five years. <laughs> Partially because I'm thirty-six, but I'm just saying that's that's a long time. Like, come on, come on. Show of hands. Winter Park, Sanford, South Orlando, worshiping online. How many of you have been committed to something for fifty to seventy-five years? We're over two services, unless I'm missing somebody. It's my nursing home right now, worshiping online. I got somebody back here. We got one here. One here. Okay, great, thank you for being here, and i 50 to 70, that's a long time. I would, i get bored at some point, like I have pretty bad ADD, like you know what I mean? Like God, God says build the boat, like year like, I don't know, 26. I'm like, I think I'm done putting nails in this board and building this, but it, was, it wasn't easy. You ever thought about Noah had, had never seen rain before? Like it, did, it had never rained, like, like not, not in a while, ever. So he's walking around. It's not going to be easy to find hope, and people will always be a distraction. He quits his job to start a boat building business in a land where there are no boats or rain. He looks stupid. Can you imagine the conversation? Noah's lost it. Can you imagine being Noah's neighbor? Noah is still out there. It's been 52 years. His poor wife. Noah hadn't worked in 52 years. He's got a garage hobby, everybody. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he is, he bought some land and he is prepping for doomsday. Like, he has not done anything with his life. It's not gonna be easy, but it is, it is worth it. I think the greatest miracle in this story, in all seriousness, is they were on the ark for 10 and a half months, Genesis tells us. 10 and a half months on the boat. I think the greatest miracle of Noah's story is that he didn't kill any of his family in 10 and a half months. I mean, you just go home for a week for Thanksgiving or Christmas, you're like, I'm tired of these people. 10 and a half months, wife, children, grandchildren, all lived. Daughter-in-laws, everybody came out of the boat. That is one of the greatest miracles in scripture. And you're judging me right now, but you know it's true. You can't laugh because you're sitting by the person that you would have killed. It's not easy but it's worth it because Noah was righteous and blameless and he, he knew this principle, that God's call always has to be louder than his feelings and people's opinions. Ah, that's good. That's good. And, that, and that's how we find hope. Like that God, you called me. Because yes. there's no way at year 56, he still feels it. God, I know you called me. And my hope is not in my surroundings. My hope is not in what I see. My hope is in the call and the one who called me. And who he, he who called you is faithful. And if he called you to do it, you will not fall short. God has given you everything you need. Amen. And here's what he did, Genesis 6, verse 22. So Noah did a few things that God had mentioned. Is that? Two things. First off, God doesn't mention anything, but we treat him like he does. We treat God like he gives suggestions that we can take or leave. But my God does not give you a suggestion box. He he gives you commands. So Noah did everything, but not just everything, because we can do everything the wrong way. Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. So complete obedience plus no compromise will equal hope trending in our life. How do you find hope near me? It's not easy, but it's worth it. And we, we put God as the priority, complete obedience. Complete obedience, no compromise. Here's a second one, finding hope near me. Write this down. Our perspective, our perspective produces our ability to persevere. It's our perspective. It's what we're focused on. If Noah focused on the, the critics, if he focused on the world, if he focused on the, the status of the world, he would have been distracted. But no, he had a mission to accomplish. He he had the end in mind. And how many runners do we have in the room? Any, any runners in here? Just... Love running. That's not me. Uh, but what I've noticed uh, on the Seminole Trail, and if you're worshiping online, Seminole is the county we're in. Seminole Trail. There's some people that really love to run, and they're way better than I am. First off, they're a lot thinner than me. Runners are a lot thinner, and they run on the balls of their feet, and their shoulders are back, and their heads forward. You can just tell when somebody runs by. You're like, I hate you. You're making this look way too easy. You know what I mean? That's a runner, and they just run differently. Like I, I did like CrossFit and weightlifting. About, about two miles in, I'm like looking at my feet. My shoulders are slumped. I, I don't care who's in front of me. Like I just run into things because I'm just, I'm just trying to. Put one foot in front of the other and survive. But there's something about a different perspective, a different posture that makes running easier. Like for me, I'd much rather run on a track than I would on a place where I don't know how far I, I'm going. Because if I know I'm going two miles, eight laps, I know where the end is. I have the end in mind. I know at, at lap six, lap seven, I'm getting closer. So my posture, my perspective, my perseverance is different because of, because of my perspective. I think it's the same with our relationship with God. In fact, we see this in the dimensions and the layout of this ark. See, the ark, we see the, the dimensions in the book of Genesis, one of which is there was a main door that was shut, but outside of that, there was only one window and it was at the top. There were three levels to this ark, and there was an 18-inch gap uh, below the roof, but the roof would have extended over to protect from the rain, and it just would have been a gap for airflow. So very little to no visibility out of that opening. So once the door was shut, there was only one place to look, and that was up. Because the world was in chaos, Death and destruction was all around them. And then there was nothingness. There was a season of waiting where there was nothing to look forward to and nothing to see. So God made it where they could not focus on what was going on around them. They had to focus on the heavens, that we don't focus on what is happening that we don't like and what is distracting us. We focus and our perspective is on Jesus. If his hope has a name and his name is Jesus, you will never find it with the wrong perspective or the wrong focus. And I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news on January 10th of 2021, but hey, church, the rain is coming. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It, it, it may already be sprinkling. That's right. That's right. I'm, not, I'm not a prophet, and I, God, God hasn't given me anything. If God hadn't told Jesus yet, he definitely hasn't told me, but I know we're one day closer, and the rain's coming, and my question is, will you be ready? Man. And I really think if we have clarity of perspective, if we have clarity of perspective, we will have the hope to endure anything. What's trending in your life? A lot of different apps uh, on our phone give us these, these trends. And first off, I should be really honest with you, I'm allergic to apps. Anybody else, like I'm just, I'm allergic to them. We have five different apps uh, at our church organization that we use for like communication and creative and projects and giving. I don't have access to any of them. Like I don't even want them. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what you call the privilege of being here first. It's like, Pastor Justin, you didn't answer the Slack. I don't even have Slack. I don't even know what Slack is. Is that like in a rope or something? No, it's our communication software. I'm allergic to it. You know why? Because apps are tracking you. You know. <laughs> I have leaves, I have trees around my house, leaves on my roof, I need my gutters cleaned. I don't know anybody that cleans gutters. I've never, I've never Googled gutter clean. I called one person from our staff who works for me and said, hey, I need to get my gutters cleaned out. And now I have gutter clean out people like showing up at the house. <laughs> Every time I get on YouTube or Instagram, my TV, like it literally, like Kingston's talking about gutter cleaning, like they're tracking me. We're driving by Burger King two weeks ago. Kingston and Bentley go, Dad, we should go to Burger King. I haven't been to Burger King since 1989 because I don't enjoy it. And now that creepy king is following me around everywhere. I see his face at night. It's tracking you. The apps are tracking you. In fact, at all of our locations, take out your phones right now. Take out your phones, take out your phones. Come on. The pastor's telling you to take out your phone. You're like, huh? Come on, you're new here. You just laughed in church and got your phone out. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Uh, everybody got the phone out. You good? Yep. Just say things like Marriott <laughs> or Hilton, vacation rental. The next week you're going to be tracked down by Verbo, Airbnb, <laughs> Orbitz, Price. Line. William Shatner is going to be in your feed. <laughs> They're tracking you. You know what's happening with with apps these days is they are tracking you. And I want to ask you a question as we close today: Is who and what are you allowing access? To you. When you download a new app, it will say, Can we have access to your camera and your microphone? Like, yeah, sure, of course, you need that to help me. What you don't understand, and there's plenty of them, this is not like a conspiracy theory, or, there's plenty of them that are actually helping you, that's fine. But if you go and read the app user agreement, the fine print, which nobody ever does, it will tell you that if you enable that app, it will use your microphone and will take what's being captured for marketing purposes. And they tell you they're doing it, but it's in the fine print. We just see, oh, I'll give access to this microphone, to this app, but we don't know what's actually happening behind the scenes. I'll give access to this relationship, to this issue, to this sin, to this distraction. Yes, I I will give access to this thing, but what we don't know is the enemy has all of this fine print in his job description that he's using what you're giving access to to literally figure out more about you, to analyze you, and then to destroy you. What are you giving access to? Are you giving access to fear and doubt and sin, worry, shame? Are Are you giving access to God? Speaking of apps, there's, there's a couple of different ways in which you can give God access, if you give God access to the right things. But when you say I'm giving access, there's a there's a feature that you can say I'm, I'm, only, I'm only gonna allow access when I'm using it. And that's where the American church is. God, I'm gonna give you access when I'm using it. Like twice a month on a Sunday or annual prayer and fasting or 21 days of prayer. I'm not gonna actually spend time with you or bring you anywhere else, I'm gonna keep you. When I I need you, I'll open you up. But outside of that, just stay closed on screen three when I swipe over. Second step would be allow access all the time. And many of us have done that in seasons. But sometimes we we give God access to everything, but we forget that he's always working. When you swipe up on an iPhone, you see all the apps are open that you don't even remember opening. And I'm just here to tell you that if you've given God access to everything, he's always working in the background of your life. You may not see it, you may not feel it, it may not be open right now, but if you've given him lordship of your life, he is doing and he is working everything together for the good of those who love him. Like he's always in the background and he's always connecting the dots and he's always pulling the strings. But there's a third level, like when you really trust an app, For me, it's pretty much just you version. (laughs) I don't trust any of the other ones. You can say, will will you allow me to send you notifications? Most of the time, I don't want notifications from any app. I don't wanna know who commented or who said this or who did that. I'll go, if I need it, I'll go find it. But I believe that the step that the Holy Spirit is asking us to take today as a church, if we wanna find hope near me, if we want hope to be trending in our life, is we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to send us notifications. And it may not come at times where you want it. You may be in the middle of a poor decision and you get a little bing. Hey, this isn't the way. Hey, don't do this hey, it's ringing and you're, you're you're getting blown up because you're about to make a mistake or you're in the midst of a tough decision and you haven't even thought about including God. But if you'll say, God, I'm giving you access. Holy Spirit, use me and change me and shape me. He'll start sending you, hey, wait, what about this? What about this verse? What about this thought? What if you didn't just allow God to be going on in the background of your life? What if was, he's was in the forefront of your life and sending you notifications, not just you asking, but him prompting you to, but the book of Isaiah says, hey, it's a still, small, quiet voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. What if you allowed him to notify you when you're on the wrong path and keep you on the right path? Hope is found in Jesus. Nowhere else. And we have to allow him access. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And what Jesus did on the cross, gave us access to a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But he's not gonna force his way in. You gotta download that app, enable it, give it access to your life. And if you do that, I promise you, you'll never be the same. The reason in this day and time in our culture that we don't allow that is because we like to be in control. And we like to leave God where we left him and pick him up when we need him. And that's not how this relationship works. That's not how you live a life trending with hope. If hope has a name and its name is Jesus, then Jesus should have access and be involved in every single part of your life. So that's what I wanna do right now. I wanna have a time of commitment where we give our our hearts to Jesus, but I, I really believe even more specifically in this service than the last, I really believe today's a day of recommitment. Come on, everybody, every location, look, look, up, look up at me. You've, you've only allowed access when you're using it, when you need it. That's not a relationship, that's abuse. Abuse this this covenant, this relationship, because you've just said, "Hey, Jesus, I'll let you in when I want. I'll treat you how I want." It's not how a relationship works. What if you today enabled that feature and said, "God, I'm giving you access to my life, to my marriage, to my kids, to my business, access to all of me." Let's do that right now. Every head every eye closed. God, we love you. Let me be clear on the commitment that you're making. Jesus is the perfect son of God. Second part of the Trinity, sent by his heavenly father to to live for you. Because the unholy people could not be reconciled to a holy God. So his life is important because he lived perfect. Without sin, so that he could die as the perfect substitute and sacrifice for you and for me, he could take our sin. We say it like this, he lived for you so he could die as you, like in your place. And his death gives us access to grace and ultimately salvation. His resurrection gives us access to power over sin in the grave. The book of Romans says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is Lord, we believe that the power of the living God raised Jesus from the dead, that we can be saved. And for several of you today, It's a first-time decision of salvation. Everything we talked about are next steps. Hope is found in Jesus and a relationship with him. You're gonna make that commitment today. But I really believe for dozens more. The world has got you down. There's so many trends in your life that are not of God. So many apps that are running, distracting you. Today, you really are. Swipe that feature over and say, God, I give you access to everything. Have your way in my life. I'm recommitting my life. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me, prompt me. That's you for the first time or by recommitting your life for the first time in a long time, you say, I I want hope. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand right where you are and say, I I need Jesus in my life. Hands up all over the room. Must be 20, 30, 40 hands in here. I see you. God sees, more importantly, God sees you. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Come on, Sanford, South Orlando, sitting right there in your home, worshiping God right where you are. Hope has the name, his name is Jesus. I am finding hope today because I'm giving Jesus access to everything. I'm so proud of you. You can put your hands down. If you raise your hand, would you praise in your heart as I pray out loud, say this, say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge today that I am a sinner. And I'm saved only by your grace. I'm confessing with my mouth and believing in my heart that you are the Lord. And I'm giving you that place today, complete, total control. God, have your way in my life. And God, I pray for all of us. And I pray today that, that hope would start to trend. This week, we're gonna disconnect from some things, disconnect from just some distractions. We're gonna connect to you. We're gonna put you first in our life. We're gonna allow access. Come on, make that commitment right now. I'm gonna allow the Holy Spirit to convict me and change me to have access to every part of my life this week. We love you. praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Church, can we celebrate the dozens of hands? Come on, really celebrate it. We're so proud of you.